The Fable and Folly Network supports creators of exceptional audio stories, including the one you're listening to right now. If you love our shows, we want to hear from you. Complete our listener survey at fableandfolly.com slash survey. This will help us learn more about you, what you like, what you'd like to hear more of, and how we can maintain an inclusive, safe atmosphere. As a thank you for your participation, we have extras and behind-the-scenes content from your favorite shows. Fans make the network what it is. Thanks for listening, and we can't wait to hear from you. Find our listener survey at fableandfolly.com slash survey today. Welcome back to the grim darkness of the 41st millennium. I'm Inquisitor Temperance Price, Keeper of the Inquisition's Black Library, and this is the third volume in a report on the Ballantine Heresy, an actual play podcast set in the Genesis adaptation of Warhammer 40K's Dark Heresy RPG. This report features Game Master Tom McGee and players Ryan LaPlante as Inquisitor Lucius Valentine, Tyler Hewitt as Atticus Viz, Laura Hamstra as Eli Sharp, and Del Warwick as Morgan Rawls. My report shows that the Inquisitorial Band have split, with one half carrying out a heist and the other prepping the ship to leave. Morgan was a master of stealth in the fortress, Atticus kept a watchful eye on Gideon Kotov, Valentine assigned more homework to his new adept, and Eli was mistaken for an Inquisitor and rolled with it. Will Eli and Morgan survive getting Valentine what he needs? Find out next in this episode of the Valentine Heresy. Clip of a Vox recording. Elevator bays. Hartold. No, we don't know what he looks like, but he's extraordinarily late, which is concerning. Oh dear, and he has so much luggage to pick up. Where are you, Lord Andronicus? Come soon. Atticus, you're sitting outside uh, Marnie's song, and uh, you're having a bad day. You might be part of a heresy. Yeah. You watch some, uh, some weird alien technology shit happen. Um, you've seen Valentine bend the rules a bunch. Um, there is a beast man doctor who passed you some time ago and has not returned, which means he is just making himself at home somewhere on the ship, which means now there's a beast man that you hang out with, you guess. Um, and, uh, the, the icing on the cake is, uh, watching Gideon Kotov, um, overseeing, um, the, uh, the, the kind of like slow process of moving his mad science uh, aboard. So he's yep. got like a bunch of, of work people just like hoisting heavy stuff for him. Um, and he's very much doing like the annoying, like, uh, you know, in movies when like an artist is trying to like set up a, a, an exhibit or something. And it's just like yelling at everyone to move things in a very specific place. Um, and you know, his goggles keep popping out and he keeps clicking them back in. Um, but uh you know, everything is very delicate. Everything must be moved quickly. Everything must be put in its, its proper place. Um, what, uh, A, how is Atticus feeling about all this? Uh, and B, what um, uh, what would you be keeping an eye out for? Heresy. Uh, <laughs> um, Atticus, this... Atticus, I think, is lamenting that the Inquisition is less direct than he had hoped it would be. It requires a finesse that does not come naturally to him. And so I think he's feeling a little, uh, I think he's feeling a a little too small for the job so to speak you know his skill set does not necessarily fit the requirements for being in the inquisition he's also thankful that he's been given very clear instructions by valentine that he can follow uh his old sort of not his adage per se but just the idea that he's taken comfort in before is that if everyone just does their job We're all going to get through this just fine. I'm going to do my job. And the guy in the trench beside me is going to do his and the soldier beside him and so on and so forth. And so Atticus has a job to do and he's going to do it to the best of his ability. And that's kind of what he takes solace in. 
in that he's got a job and he's going to do it as best he can. And so he is watching, uh, he's watching Gideon like a hawk. He's, he, you say he's sitting, he is not sitting. He is standing. He is ready to pounce should anything untoward happen. Excellent. So he's watching Gideon watch the, uh, the equipment getting loaded onto Marnie's song. Great. Um, so as, as you're doing that, uh, I think, you know, um, the feeling the tension in your body as, as this, this happens, there's something particularly hellish for kind of a, a man of action to not be able to take action. Um, oh, I just wish he'd do something. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Please give me an excuse. Uh, unfortunately, he's he's like a good mad scientist. He is he is uh, the the mechanicus part of his his training is really coming through in spades, as he makes sure everything is is delivered. Um, and uh, you know, it's it's in thinking about this and th- in in trying to kind of rely on on that adage um, that uh, your your mind kind of wanders slightly. So it seems to um, uh, one of the many uh, hymns that I think uh, you've taken comfort in that you heard kind of sung around the barracks. Um, you know, like there, there's a certain kind of um, familiar, comfortable. Um, I mean, in war, I mean, there's all sorts of things that kind of can provide this, but I think particularly given the the, the heavy theology of, of the 40K universe, particularly Imperium, like, you know, you're not walking around putting Aquilas on everything like Thaddeus, but you do you do love some good pure you know shining light of the emperor nonsense you haven't had yeah. that in in a while um what do you think the name of of this this hymn is it's not like it doesn't need to be like a, a tremendously you know it's not like the hymn of hymns it's just you know one that that is that, that speaks to you and that is is a comfort uh this one is called uh uh It's a it's a battle hymn. It's called uh, "Boots on the Ground, Blood in the Dirt." Great. So you hear. Um, uh, so I'm just writing that down. You hear. You know, you, you can almost as you 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 fall into that kind of almost hypnotic rhythm of of the boots like moving. Uh, efficiently things in and again like the 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 work people the crafts people everyone here is under the inquisition's thumb so you know it's a little bit like um i, I imagine anywhere where there's diplomats where it's just like everyone there is just operating a slightly different level because of the the, the sort of heightened nature of what they're doing um and uh I don't think, from the way you've described the vigilance that Atticus is is uh, is engaging in, that you you know you get lulled into anything, but there is something just to that that kind of rhythmic hit of boots, um, and almost unbidden, the song enters your head, um, and it's uh, it's after uh, the second verse is interrupted by a swear word. Uh, that you realize that this this hymn isn't actually in your head; someone is singing this hymn. Uh, nearby, um, and as uh, as uh, Gideon actually takes a break uh, to go back down into his pit because they're like having to haul everything up from the well. So like every so often he has to like go back down there, and he's got guards on him. So when he leaves, like you know he still has to you know yeah. do a bunch of shit. Like there's a lot going on. Uh, he can't just go use the bathroom <laughs> when he wants to. I like the care you're taking <laughs> to explain like it's okay for you to step away from Gideon Atticus. <laughs> For this other thing I'm introducing. We've been playing this game long enough. Uh, you know, just want to avoid any uh, Banshee is too far yeah. away scenarios as we encountered in uh, Dum and Dragons. Um, but also realistically, this was a man who was chained up in a well. So I feel like the Inquisition would be like, ah, it's cool. Someone else is taking you. Uh, yeah. Just go have fun, you crazy kids. Um, so, um, you know, he is uh, he is under guard um, who kind of follow him back. Um and uh, yeah, Atticus, uh, you 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 have a moment to yourself where you don't have to look at Gideon because he's not committing any heresies right now. What do you do? Uh, who is singing that song? 
Oh, no one of import. Like, it's oh, okay. Fine. Then I'll just go. You know, I get you fly away. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you um, you make your way around uh, the side of, of Marnie's song, and again, it, it is the the landing pad. Yeah, um, and uh, there are a number of uh, vehicles being serviced uh, up here, uh, as well as a lot of um, just kind of random people. Uh, they aren't uh, certainly not as left behind as uh, the redacted or the loyalists, uh, but. New people arriving and you know coming and going every day, um, and some hopefuls who have yet to be ignored by the various inquisitors on staff, um, kind of almost arrive by bus. If you can sort of imagine like those those big kind of um, probably like a rogue traders running these sorts of things, just like a a big old transport you can buy your way, and it's kind of like if you're in this sector and you're looking for work, you come here, you arrive at Hearthold, you get sorted, and if no one wants you you get ejected out in, into the world if you have at least some clout. Um, and it's amongst uh, these sort of hopefuls of, of some uh, uh, some repute, some reputation. Um, that's the same fucking word. Uh, you see a um, uh, sort of a, a stern, uh, stern looking man, uh, you know, the, the, uh, his features look very chiseled, uh, almost wind worn. Um, he's got, a, a like just a bit of that, Ed, like Ed Harris vibe, uh, of just kind of mm-hmm. like someone chiseled this man out of stone and then the stone came to life and no one thought to tell him. So he's just living his life. Um, and, uh, of particular note, uh, he is, he's shirtless. He's got, um, a, uh, he's, he's got a chain around his neck, uh, and a, a, a tattered and worn, uh, leather bound book hangs from it. Um, but otherwise he's naked to the waist, tanned skin, um, just as chiseled as, as his face. He's in incredible shape, uh, despite, you know, having uh, gray buzzed close hair. Um, uh, he's uh, from sort of the waist down. It almost looks like, uh, he's, he's got, uh, uh, overalls that he's essentially permanently belted off. So it's not like he's tied them casually like a worker. He is, you know, basically like got a series of belts uh kind of keeping them in almost like a final fantasy number of thick belts um <laughs> okay uh sort of a locked in and um hanging uh from um a, a sort of a quick access uh holster um there's just a, a spectacularly ornate uh shotgun this thing is ancient and i think to your eye um as with any trained soldier in in warhammer like the old stuff's the good stuff. And mm. this thing is like a Bioshock infinite's worth of um, gold gilt, uh, like very ornate, um, clearly an ancient weapon uh, that has been very, very well cared for. Um, and uh, this this uh, somewhat imposing man is uh, currently losing a fight with his boot. Um, he, is, uh, he is digging around in there, um, kind of absently uh, muttering this hymn and then every so often swearing as he pulls like um, more debris out. You can see that like the, the boot is worn through. So he's clearly just been picking up debris as he walks around um, and he's just kind of shaking it out. And it's a real undignified, uh, it's a, it's a classic like dignified person doing an undignified thing mm-hmm. um, situation, but he seems to be kind of ignored by, by those around him. Um but uh, knowing that him, uh, and and I uh, think having been around people who know it, uh, you actually recognize this guy. Not from from descriptions you you've heard. Uh, it is the uh, the author of of this hymn. Uh, uh, his name he's known to you as uh, Father Marcellus. Father Marcellus. Yeah. Um, he was a, a local favorite uh, in your division before you got rudely booted off onto the uh, uh, the skull kickers, um, and uh, as a result, like just a, a familiar enough name in the same way, you know, a lot of the troops that you you came up with were like this guy gets it. Like not the, certainly not the most popular hymnals. A lot of the older ones kind of take that, but in terms of like a new cool thing that speaks to you know the hit cool hymns. Um, there was just something about the the inherent understanding of exactly that sentiment that you had about just doing your job and kind of getting through war um, that this guy seemed to capture. So you, you see him uh, finally he, he breaks breaks the hymn um, and uh, just kind of mutters like a cursed boot. You can 
continue to make my days full of pain and uncomfort. Damn you. From the depths of the Emperor's soul, I damn thee, boot. And then he begrudgingly sticks it back on um, and uh, kind of gets up and uh, begins to walk away. Marcellus? Uh, and he stops and, and kind of turns uh, with a, a look that's equal parts suspicion and uh, and intrigue. Father Marcellus? Yes. It is I. you. And he like drops his hand to uh, the shotgun and just says, have you been sent by those bastards, the Lords of Terror? Oh, no, no. Um, it's me. It's Atticus. I'm Atticus Viz. I'm, I'm with the Inquisition now. And I'm a colonel. And he kind of like narrows his eyes. And then he sees the power fist. And his eyes kind of go wide. And he says, Ah, yes. I seem to recall you. You were not a colonel when, when our paths crossed previously. No, no. Field promotion, mate. Ah. Well, then it would seem our fates have been inverted. For I've been demoted from the ecclesiarchy to this sad state. And he, like, gestures broadly, but his eyes dart briefly to that boot. Like, this this is just a situation that he's not, he can't quite quite get around. Um, but uh, he uh, says... Uh, I, I do hope your battalion, well, and he kind of like looks around and doesn't see anyone else, ended well at the very least. Perhaps my words were of some comfort. Well, they certainly were to me, father. What happened? What happened to you? Um, and uh, just kind of like a, a shadow crosses his, his features. Um, and he says, uh, this, if I remember correctly, you count yourselves amongst the faithful. Indeed I do, sir. It is hard for a man of faith amidst all the underhanded dealings of the politicians. The emperor in his glory would never allow it were he not so concerned with holding back the very darkness that threatens our souls. So instead, these small men and their small games run around and interfere with his true intent and the glory of the god himself. It is these small men and their minions who grew tired of me preaching the proper word. And thus I have been exiled to this sad state. And he kind of like pats his gun and says, Where I and the emperor's might may perhaps find... A good end. Oh, well, I, I would say it was uh, the Emperor's will, as it is with all things, that you should be here while I am here for us to meet again. What, I suppose what that's is true. It, what is it that you're up to, looking for a fitting end? What is that? What are you doing? I have grown weary of the ways of, of, of the politicking and the, the betrayals, and it seemed to me that perhaps the last pure avenue for me was to find an Inquisitor, pure of purpose, who I could join up with and hopefully die by their side, though in my time here, and he, like, glares just full glower around the landing pad, says, uh, I've been disappointed to discover that the Inquisition is just as corrupt and political as the very institutions I fled. They all have their games. They claim to serve the Emperor, but they serve only themselves. And thus I am... And he just kind of gestures around and says, at loose ends, as it were. My boots are not on the ground, though I desire them to be. And perhaps one day my blood will be in the dirt, if he wills it. Oh, well. I, uh, I agree. The Inquisition does uh, seem to require some degree of uh, guile that I uh, haven't quite figured out yet. But uh, if you're looking for an Inquisitor who's true to the Emperor and serves him faithfully, I happen to know one. 
Um, and he he kind of smiles, and it's like that that like top lip doesn't move kind of smile. Um, but uh, there's definitely some some mirth in it. Uh, and he he nods and he says, "I'm beginning to think, Colonel Viss, that you truly do speak the truth about this being the Emperor's will." And then he leans a little bit more conspiratorially. He says, "But I am concerned." You've mentioned that you have also found the Inquisition to be a somewhat difficult thing to navigate. Is that because of this Inquisitor you wish to introduce me to? Mm, no, no, it's more of a uh, lifetime of punching and killing is only so useful when sometimes you have to, you know, inquire in the inquisition colonel i understand you all too well i've spoken with two voices in my life one speaks the truth of the emperor's will in hymns the other speaks his rage and retribution with bullets <laughs> and he pats a shotgun he says i dare say i have found it rather difficult finding my way in this world when neither voice falls upon the ears that must hear it but it would seem you may have an avenue for me and if you will do an old man the favor of introducing him to this inquisitor i will throw myself upon his his mercy and if the emperor wills it serve him who knows yeah. perhaps I may find my glorious end at your side rather than amongst this dreck. And he spits on the, the deck. Well, Emperor Willing, I should say, though, that, you know, we're on a pretty serious mission and uh, there will be a vetting process. And, you know, my inquisitor, what he says goes, I have orders to follow. And so he's probably going to ask you about these little men who put you in this position. I would also like to know a little more about that. Behind you. Yes, that's right. This is Morgan Rolls, and I have a secret to share with you. Did you know that some of our inquisitorial band has been sent to us not from the inner workings of the Imperium, but from Patreon? It's true, only special $25 tier patrons can create their own NPCs that will join in the cast of select shows. So what are you waiting for? You can join us if you join our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. That's D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. That's right. Come join now at patreon.com slash dumdumdice if you think you have what it takes to survive in the grim darkness of the future. So Father Marcellus thinks about this for a moment and just sort of nods uh, and, and says uh, to you, Atticus, I can tell that you are a man of faith, as you say, and if, if you think that the path this Inquisitor walks is the righteous one, then I will do whatever I must in order to walk it with him, and who knows, perhaps I will find a glorious end at your side. Either way, I can bring my voice and he taps his gun. He's like, and his to the cause. If he is as worthy as you say, who knows? Perhaps I'll even write to him about him. But first I must prove myself. Thank you, my friend. I appreciate this more than you can know. Well, uh, think nothing of it. Uh, it'll be worth it to have you on board the ship should your, uh, Audition go well. Truly, I shall seek to be cast in this never-ending chorus of glorious violence alongside you. Let us go. And, and he kind of like 
looks a little bit bashful and says, Do you have any spare boots? Uh, meanwhile, uh, Morgan, you have uh, you've dropped in. Um, you are uh, looking at kind of uh, a bunch of uh, servitors moving around uh, within the, the sort of uh, baggage claim area of the cold storage. Um, you you can see that there's an administrator kind of at the far end of the room. Again, we're thinking just like a big uh, rectangular space, a little bit like a catacomb. It's chilly down here, but you're wearing a coat, so it doesn't matter. Um, unfortunately, though, uh, there's a slight hitch in your plan, which is uh, Eli has been mistaken um, for a, an inquisitor and is now seemingly on his way down. So you beat him down here. Uh, and I think it's important to note that kind of Eli's conversation and the conversation we'll have when we next cut to him were likely occurring as you were like making your way through the rooms. Um, does this change anything for you? No, it's the thing she needs to do is find the carapace that Valentine wants and get like the tag off of that and swap it with another tag. But if Eli is coming down, he's going to be Inquisitor guy or get something else pulled. It's like Toby is there to see exactly what is going to get pulled. And that's what we will swap. Like whatever it happens to be, that's fine. So gotcha. it's sticking on it. It's obviously getting a little complicated, but the, the basic of the plan is still there and Eli can deal with whatever is going on over there. So that's not her fault. Let's figure out what's going on over there. Then uh, Eli, uh, Congratulations. You're kind of an inquisitor, not really. Um, you are uh, flanked on either side uh, by, again, a, a sort of a massive goon holding a, a, a depowered power axe, um, a sharpshooter, and um, a, a sort of a wizened attendant mm -hmm. um, who is uh, Oathful Dyer, who is uh, struggling to hear you um, and is, is clearly... Uh, doing doing that kind of classic elderly person who's hard of hearing but is also like very functional and good at their job thing where he's just filling in the details as best he can um the challenge being that uh eli you are not great at providing details so there's just a lot of kind of like between the two of you there's just enough non-communication happening that this is rapidly uh kind of spiraling out of control um he uh he sort of speaks over his shoulder to you as this elevator descends, and he just says, um, uh, Lord Andronicus, we were very worried when you did not arrive. You uh, Forgive this impertinence, but you, you are a fortnight late. Uh, did you tell us uh, what, what, what befell you? Uh, Eli's starting, he's kind of second-guessing the tactic he took here and just kind of jumping on the Inquisitor, like, this guy might be like not fully with it, but the people around <laughs> like the stormtroopers might be. So Eli's going to try one more time and say loudly, like, all right, to be clear, I am here representing Inquisitor Valentine. My old Inquisitor Kanehurst died. Gotta get stuff from Kanehurst. Bring back to new Inquisitor Valentine, I, I don't understand. Inquisitor, what you choose to do with, with uh, your property is up to you, whether you deliver it to your new friend, Valentine, or whether, and it's, it, I must say, it does an old man's heart clad to hear that you are showing such respect to your dead friend, Inquisitor Kanehurst. It, May we all find someone who takes care of our belongings so well after we pass, hmm? Uh, and Eli looks to Hitchcock and Scully folks, mm -hmm. um, and, like, are they giving any indication that they think something's up? Like, what are they looking like? No, I mean, here's the thing with Inquisitors. They're generally kind of a wacky bunch, so... You're getting the sense you're getting, and honestly, it's a sense that, Eli, if you were in their shoes, you would probably be doing as well, which is like, if the captain is kind of off off their rocker, you just kind of let that happen. They're the captain. Um, so they're just kind of politely staying out of it. But no, they're not looking at you like, holy shit, you're clearly not an Inquisitor. Yeah, okay. Um, 
But also, again, there's just enough lack of communication between both of you that even though you're, you're for us who know the context, being very clear about what you're trying to yeah. say. Yeah. And I, I think it's just enough for them to be like, nah, yeah. Hmm? I, and I will do kind of a, like a little, like aside to the stormtroopers and like, I'm being very straightforward. I'm, I'm, I, I'm within the legal procedures here. You under, understand that, right? Ugh. And uh, just as one, they're like, yes, my Lord. Uh, <laughs> grumble, grumble, grumble. <laughs> and um, uh, Dyer just nods uh, as you grumble and says, of course, of course, probably too painful a thing to recount. The business of the Inquisition is, is always exciting, but, but often leaves a mark, I fear. Um, and uh, you, you get the sense he might be a bit of a fanboy. Uh, which doesn't really come as a huge surprise given that he is the elevator guy at an Inquisition fortress. You would have to kind of like it to want to be here. Um, mm. uh, the elevator uh, comes to a stop um, in the uh, sort of um, at the, the where would probably be like a dining space level. Um, and he says, uh, forgiveness, Lord Inquisitor, we'll have to uh, proceed on, on foot from here. Um, but it is not far, uh, particularly if no one knows what one is doing. As a younger man, I managed to get down here very quickly. There's a, if you have a, a grapnel, you can fast rope down some amazing spaces. It's very good. Of course, I can't do that now, but Hitchcock and Scully here probably could. And like Hitchcock, the first time you've seen her move. And it's like the Batman. Are they, also, are they actually called Hitchcock? They are now. I'm not going to Uh So like uh, in a very much like Keaton Batman, she just like shifts her whole torso in a shaking of head gesture. Um, and uh, the gunslinger just like flips their their uh, Laz pistol around a couple times and, and holsters it. Um, you're not sure who they're trying to impress, but yep. hopefully not you because you are not. No. Nah. No. Um, so you make your way into a, a, a grand dining hall, um, and uh, it is in. It, it, there's still all the trappings of what was once a fine room, but uh, much like many of the rooms you've been in uh, today um, and yesterday, I guess because it's been about a, a day and a half, um, is now just like it's clearly a thoroughfare. So like the massive t- table has been kind of like pushed up against a wall. All the rugs have kind of been squeaked mm. up under it. Um, and, uh, you know, work lights have been installed, um, and there's almost like a worn footpath down into the, uh, the archives. Um, that said, there are some fine vintages, uh, that you can eyeball, um, that are in, in kind of, uh, nearby racks of unopened, uh, wines, um, that, uh, that are, have a, a thick layer of dust and, and neglect upon them, but, uh, they do catch your eye. Eli makes mental note of that for the way back. <laughs> and Toby. then remembers that Morgan said to take my time. So Eli was going to be good and then realized, oh, the mission is to delay. <laughs> so, oh, goddamn Tom. Um, <laughs> so, so Eli says, uh, 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 Oathful, uh, uh. dire. What I don't know what name you prefer. Oathful dire. Uh, any chance? Uh, any? Uh, this is uh, unclaimed. And he points to kind of gestures over. Um, and uh, Oathful's large rectangular eye. Um, like immediately, there's just kind of like a blast of small pixelated. Um, uh, like small dots almost as, as he does the old like eighties computer scan thing. Um, and he says, Oh, um, well, technically these do all b- belong to, uh, the, the inquisition. Um, perhaps they, they wouldn't notice if, if, if a bottle, uh, were, were, were to go missing to, of course, a Lord inquisitor, but you know, it, it would be easier if you were giving a report of your your expeditions and adventures t- 
to uh, a faithful servant of the Inquisition, well, then that wouldn't be a bottle wasted at all. It would merely be a uh, a lubricant to the, the the memory, as it were. So perhaps if you could tell me of, of, of your delay over a bottle of wine, I could make my report and you could enjoy the vintage and, and that would all be fine, right? And he like turns to Hitchcock and Skelly who are both just stone-faced. Um, but uh, it does kind of ring true. You probably need to give him something. Um. I mean, Eli hasn't had a drink in a while, but he's also not prepared to lie outright hmm. to these people. Like, he's prepared to lie outright to Oathful Dyer, but not with the stormtroopers present. Okay. It's just... So, Laura, let's, let's, let's make he, this a he roll. He feels then. on thin ice. Yeah, you know, yeah, no, I understand. As it is. So, a couple of things we can do here. One is try and get rid of the honor guard. So you're just dealing with Oathful Dyer. Um, or two is to figure out how to delay Oathful Dyer without having to lie. Which of those two do you think Eli the would The second one. Okay. Yeah, for sure. So this seems to me to be... You're trying to avoid lying. Yep. Um, but also stall him. I mean, so, at the same time, uh, Toby hasn't given me any indication that I need to slow down. Uh, so there's not true. there's not really high stakes. Yeah. Um, Laura, I'm thinking maybe we go with negotiation on this one. Sure. Because it's kind of like a stalling <laughs> tactic, but not a, a lie, unless you want to make an argument for, for something no. else. I would take, yeah, because I think it's it pretty much. It makes sense. Yeah. So let's Eli go with negotiation. Eli has no other skills that would work. <laughs> No, uh, I'm going to give this a difficulty of three largely sure. because Oathful Dyer has an agenda here. He wants to hear a cool story about yeah. his cool Inquisitor buds. You get the sense this is what he does every time someone takes the elevator. Um, he's <laughs> got to ask them all questions. Um, I will give you a boost for being actually really good at talking around things like this. Um I will give you a setback for the the trying to not lie to everyone else in the room. <laughs> um, story point situation is currently one and four. I'm going to spend a story point on this one. Um, sure because thing. Oathful really wants that fucking story. Uh, he's, had, he's had a fortnight to consider what could have happened to you. <laughs> uh, I think that's that's about it for me. Anyone else want to add anything onto that die, die pool? All right, great. I guess, if anything, it could be a tiny boost because Eli looks like an Inquisitor because he has a giant fucking eagle with him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'd buy that. <laughs> really funny. That's very yeah. good. It's not, a, it's okay. not a civilian eagle. That's true. Okay. Yeah, let's just do it. One, oh, two successes, one threat. Okay. Um... So, Eli, I think in in your kind of uh, awkward uh, uh, talking around, not wanting to tell him the story, that really just whets his appetite more. So um, <laughs> he just goes and like opens the bottle, um, you know, blows the dust off it, opens the bottle, and, and pours you a glass. Um, and uh, in kind of an oh oh, fascinating. No, of course, I understand you couldn't possibly tell me anything uh, about this uh, nothing at all but i mean perhaps a sip couldn't hurt right and he, he hands you the drink um at which point uh morgan you arrive in the uh in the cold cellar as we we described uh so now our timelines have kind of synced up um eli you manage uh to evade enough of his questions that he's still like satisfied and actually again kind of more into it that like oh it's yeah. like a secret mission um however we'll say the threat is um uh he suddenly realizes uh the time and says uh oh oh oh, oh dear i mean lord and Christopher, as much as i've enjoyed this uh this conversation um there are others that require my services, and frankly, I do worry a little bit about um, the, the quality and freshness 
of the item you requested, uh, given how late you were to pick it up. So we should I want probably to make be haste. clear. I'm picking up Inquisitor, the late Inquisitor Kanehurst's belongings. Yes, of, of course. In addition uh, to the, the, the package. Don't want the package. To be clear, that can just hang out here for a little while longer. He has been proving rather troublesome, though. Uh, are you you certain? It it has been difficult to figure out exactly what to, to feed uh, a Gretchen, uh, but we've been doing our best. Uh. <laughs> Morgan, uh, it's great that you have Toby. It's bad that you have Toby sometimes because sometimes it pops information like this through into your ears. Yep. Yep. Uh, so Eli's in over his head. Uh, there is a, a... Oh, is that what that, that sound told you? <laughs> Um, there is uh uh, clearly some some weird inquisitorial hijinks afoot Mm -hmm. uh down here uh but also more importantly um the cleanness of this is is falling apart a little bit uh is there any instruction you'd be sending him no he's on his own it's (laughs) look this step comes first. We do the thing for Valentine. Then we figure out how to deal with the Eli shit, if that shit is ongoing. This okay. is step one, step two. So, Excellent. Um, all right. Um, yeah, yeah. Eli, you arrive in the, um, uh, the sort of archive space, and uh, Oathful is now very concerned. He's also just like a little bit drunk. You get the sense he doesn't have wine very often, so mm. like, he's just... Just feeling it a little bit. Um, his screen keeps flickering, uh, and uh, he just says, uh, "So, but as you know, it, it was a, a, a bit of a cause for concern when when we we learned that the 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 Zeno sample would be coming through Harthold, and we've done our best to keep it fresh for you. But it is rather a drain on resources. You must understand. So." I implore you, no, it's nice that you're doing this favor for your friends, but you simply must take this small green bastard off our hands. Oh, okay, okay. Pardon my low gothic. Indeed. Here's the thing. Let's get Kanehurst stuff moving along out of here first. Okay. Because that's going to be easy. Mm. I don't want to bring this Gretchen thing with me to then walk through here and get all of Kanehurst stuff that just seems like a security hazard. Uh Hitchcock and Skelly are nodding. They're they're yeah, that does seem like a hazard. Yeah, the sense no one's super happy about uh, a tiny Xenos thing stuffed in a box down here. Also not- Eli's just like fought so many, so many different like Xenos species that it's like who the fuck cares about its one stupid little grot? Like, uh. that is very funny. Yeah, it's like everyone here is like going like out just of their kill way. it. <laughs> no, we must keep it alive. Line. It's special and important. <laughs> and you're like, I wipe these off my shoe. Um, okay, great. Um, so Oathful finally relents and he says, uh, f- uh, "Fine, fine. Um, well, what?" What what do you need from the the, the late Inquisitor Kanehurst? Do you have an item number? Uh, item number. Let's see. And Eli pulls out his data slate and he's like, "Well, I've got a list of what I need. Do we have some way to correlate this list with the item numbers? I mean, I got approximate dates that they were sent here." And uh, Oathful Dyer slowly looks and kind of the camera follows him as he just stares at these like reams and reams of scrolls that just kind of tangle the ground. Uh, and slowly he uh, looks kind of into the distance and says, um, Inquisitor, I, I, I do perhaps have a solution for us here, but well, I'm afraid he's a bit of a bore. And he is not great at, at helping things move quickly like I am. Hmm? 
and he gestures. <laughs> Eli to, just says, "Not a problem." Uh, <laughs> gestures to the sound of tapping, um, and he says, "We can go speak to the clerk about your date ranges and and perhaps find uh, what you need." Fine. Let's. Where's this clerk? Uh, so the two of you wade through uh, this kind of endless ream of receipts uh, mm. to arrive to the the thin man with his feet up, uh, who immediately panics because uh, no one really comes down here all that often, um, and when they do, there's normally more notice. Um, so quickly straightens himself up, uh, and uh, Othel Dyer just says, uh, "Julius, dear Julius, uh, this is my lord uh, Andronicus." Uh, he has need of your particular talents. Uh, and uh, Julius uh, just says, I, yeah, he, uh, wait, wait a second. Did you say Inquisitor Andronicus? He lies shaking his head. And Julius just kind of also shakes his head and says, uh, yeah, who the fuck are you? Hi. Eli Sharp here representing Inquisitor Valentine. As I've stated multiple times, my former Inquisitor, Inquisitor Kanehurst, is dead. I'm here to collect the things that he's left and give them to my current Inquisitor, Inquisitor Lucius Valentine. That is who I am. That's what I'm here to do. And um, and Julius. I and I and and Eli like also like looks back to the stormtroopers like kind of like like right like this is what I've been saying. At this point, one of them, just one in the back, just does a full like hands up in the air, like fucking whatever, man. Like sure, <laughs> um, you can only do that because he's in the back. Um, and uh, Othodar says, "Yes, as you can hear, Lord Inquisitor Andronicus needs to get some things." For, and at this point, um, Julius just kind of stands up, moves Othel Dyer aside and says, uh, yes, I think I can I can help you with that. Let's see if we can find the items you need for your any turns to Dyer. He's like, current Inquisitor, and we'll get you on your way. Does that sound good? Thank, thank you. Um, and uh, he, he just smiles and starts tapping on his knee and he just says, everything in its proper place. Come with me. And um, Morgan, from from your perch, uh, you see Eli and this strange man uh, begin to make their way kind of through the aisles. Um, the challenge here is because the item is mislabeled, uh, the timing is going to be a bit funky here, uh, but the time has come for you to make this, this, this impressive swap. So uh, you still need to find this, this carapace. Uh, and you need to, to swap the tags. How do you want to try and find the carapace? And, uh, if there was any way while she was down there of like understanding any of this filing system mm. or understanding any of that kind of stuff to try and look for it, it's while avoiding the servitors <laughs> and everything else. It's just thought it would be more well organized down here, but gonna do the best we can. Never read the book. Um, yeah, I take uh, I take perception. Mm -hmm. I think. All right. Uh, difficulty of four. Holy shit! There's a lot of paper down here. There is a lot of paper. Uh, down that here. said, uh, I will give you a boost because you're looking for uh, Tyranid Carapace, which is not small. Mm -hmm. uh, so, and it's also regularly shaped. So even if it's wrapped, yeah, you'll be able to find it. It's the, the yeah. toy you know you're getting at Christmas. Yeah. Um, Hoping that there's a box that we can stick it in so it's not so obvious what it is. But oh, there's yes. lots of boxes down here. Um, I'm going to give you a setback for uh, speed. You're trying to do this very mm -hmm. quickly. Uh, I'll give you another boost for all of your stealth shit. All right. All right. And then I'm going to eat back the story point we got back. E. Yay. <laughs> one, and one and four. One and four. One and four. All right. We're... <laughs> Doing the best we can down here. This plan is going sideways, but not her fault. Inquisition just files shitty. <laughs> All right, here we go. 
<sighs> two successes, two advantages. It was close. We hey. got it. Okay, great. Um, so, uh, yeah, you're, you're quickly looking through. There's not a whole lot of rhyme or reason, but much like a good library, you are able to determine where the uh, Ordo Hereticus section is, mm -hmm. and that narrows the search quite a bit. So cool. uh, you manage to find um, a, uh, a a large uh, chunk of, uh, of of the armor, um, or of the uh, the carapace, rather. Um, it's uh, kind of held in like a, a rack of oddities. Um, there are other sort of, you know, like like cursed daggers and, and things, just sort of a, a mishmash of, of vaguely heretical things. Um, you uh, you can kind of hear like the the, the, the gentle grumbling of Eli not not mm -hmm. far away um, as <laughs> uh, he and, and Julius make their way through. Uh, Othel Dyer kind of following in their wake, mumbling about like, "Why aren't you calling him Inquisitor?" Uh, so you you quickly grab uh, grab this kind of large, uh, heavy shell piece. Um, you can see that there is a um, uh, a note uh, attached to it, um, kind of like in a little baggie that's been kind of like nailed into the side of it, um, but. Uh, Perhaps uh, more alarmingly, um, you see the uh, the mark of Nurgle um, mm. has been carved into it uh, and and painted, uh, which unfortunately evokes for you some some memories because the just chaos signs being carved into things is not exactly a not great my vibe. Fun time, yeah, yeah, vibe for you. Um, but uh, the. Uh, uh, these are, are matters to to consider later because you can hear the footsteps approaching. You can hear the sound of voices. Um, do you leave the note or do you pocket the note? Is the note an extra note? Because part of her plan was definitely to leave if there was a categorization system to put that on something else. So if someone came down here looking yeah. for that. So there are labels. Okay. You so can, you can shift. This is more like this is an additional piece of evidence that we have. Right. So just she cares about the label. She'll leave the note on the thing and take put it in a box and then we'll be swapping the labels she does it's not her business basically fair enough um so you do a quick swap of of labels um and eli the the piece and order of this weird archive is ruined for you as an electronic hawk just like screams at you um ah <laughs> what that I that I understood. Uh, Inquisitor, your hawk is very bad. Um, and again, just like one stormtrooper, just and at this point, like every everyone but Oathful Dyer is on side with this. Um, and uh, Eli, you you arrive uh, at a box marked for an Inquisitor Kanehurst, um, holding something that uh, sends a bit of a, a chill through you as you. Just knowing that there's tyrannid anything near you is is <laughs> uh, not a not a great feeling. Um, and uh, nearby, you can hear hear some muttering um, and and kind of pounding on a box. Um, and uh, Oathful Dyer just points and says, "I mean, we're right here. Are you sure you don't want to take it, uh, Eli, the accidental inquisitor? What do you do to this grot?" Look, is there anything special about this grot? We're saving him for you, Inquisitor Andronicus. You so know what? you can what? study it. Learn its secrets. Find out more about the Greenskin Horde. Uh, We're told he's a warlord. <laughs> Eli, uh, <laughs> um, is it like, uh, can I see it at all? Or yeah, is it's just it like in a little, it's a little like cage. With okay. uh, with with just a horrendously malnourished Gretchen inside. Yeah. Uh, Eli uh, bends down, uh, looks into the cage, and just says, "Hey, you. Why are you so special?" Um, and the the Gretchen just like looks at you and says, "Uh, uh." I'm the emperor. Well, and then uh, Eli just looks to um, uh, just to everyone, mm -hmm. <laughs> everyone around, and said, "Well, that's heresy if I've ever heard anything." So I say we just get out, do away with this one. 
Um, and uh, the gunslinger just like passes you a pistol. Yep, there we go. Shoots him. I mean, look, you might not be an official inquisitor, but you do get the job done. Yep. Uh, which, Morgan, is exactly what you're thinking as uh, the faithful stormtroopers pick up the box, uh, travel with Eli back up the lift, and you manage to stealthily slide back out, having swapped some labels. Um, I would make you roll another stealth check. We rolled so well earlier that like, I think we're probably good. I think um, if anything, she would yeah go back out the way she came in, mm -hmm. and then as soon as she got to a room that was okay to walk around in, she would walk around. So I think it, if anything bad happens, it's that she takes a long time to get back because she's just kind of going the long way through channels that she was supposed to walk. So if anything, it might be a little sus, but like <laughs> right. for Valentine, but she's yeah. she'll eventually make her way back out. So, um, Valentine, uh, you're surprised to find uh, Eli Sharp arriving with a box uh, and, and no Morgan Rawls. Um, uh, Eli, you've, you've got the package. Uh, you, you arrive aboard Marnie's song. Um, Valentine, how do you greet Eli? Welcome back. Excellent work. Now, uh, we need to get this uh, gift you're bringing me somewhere relatively safe so we can review its contents and make sure it's what it should be. Let's go speak with uh, our new friend Gideon Kotov if he is in his little mechanicus bear. I'd love to have some sort of stasis field or limiting factor around this before we open it up. Right. How do things go? Well, let's see. The administrator who showed me around is convinced that I'm some Lord Inquisitor Andronicus or some Ardonicus, I don't know, someone. I insisted I wasn't very level. Everyone else who accompanied me knew exactly what I was doing. Apparently, there were some Gretchen down there that this Andronicus want. Oh, hey, excellent. So you're getting an additional Xeno sample. That's tremendously useful. No, I killed it. This episode of The Valentine Heresy features Ryan Laplante at the Ryan Laplante on Twitter as Inquisitor Lucius Valentine. Tyler Hewitt at Tyler underscore Hewitt on Twitter as Atticus Viz, Laura Hamstra at E.L. Hamstring on Twitter as Eli Sharp, Del Borovic at Del Tastic on Twitter as Morgan Rawls, and our Game Master Tom McGee at McGeeTD on Twitter. This episode was edited and mixed by Laura Hamstra, and the Valentine Heresy's artwork was created by Del Borovic at DelBorovic.com, D-E-L-B-O-R-O-V-I-C. Our theme song is The Hordes by Megan McDuffie, and our ads use the tracks No Control and Chief Spy Jazzar, J-A-H-Z-Z-A-R, available at freemusicarchive.org. When it comes to Dum Dums and Dice, you can visit our website at dumdumdice.com. Our Twitter and Instagram are at dumdumdice, and on Facebook at facebook.com slash dumdumdice. We have merch dice available at redbubble.com slash people slash dumdumdice, and most importantly, you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. That's D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. Ave Imperator, and death to all the heretics. Dum Dums and Dice has to give a special thank you to the supreme beings of our Patreon at this time. The Half-Blind Prophet, Christopher Little, Sue One, George Dolby, Richard Cranium, Sammy Boy, Orion Birchfield, Scott Garland, Benjamin V, Gavin and Abby McDonald, Logan, Fire Unfriendly, Acrix, Grandma Likes D&D, Alan, Austin Nut Powers Fry, Stabby Stranger, Glitch Trick, Roman Brown, Shulzari, Christian Mendez, Spot Allen, Flynn1138, Alorain Okapi, OMG It's Big Nick, Steve Weeze, D&D and Things, and Jill and Noel Laplante. If you want your name to be added to this list, you can join our Patreon too at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. Thanks to them, and a little bit of thanks to you. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. Greetings, fans of the esoteric, and welcome to the trailer for Madame Magenta Sonus Mystica. Hang on, why am I doing my own trailer? Where will the people want to see their star, my dear? No one can see me, Bernard. This is a podcast. Oh. 
you know what? I should have that deep voice chap doing this. You know the one. What's his name? Oh, the, um, uh, the, the strange the, name. Yes, like uh, a fruit. Uh, red pepper. That's yes, it. yes. <clears throat> In a world where something, something, something. That's the one. Oh, it's quite sexy, Bernard. Oh. Save that for later. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not sure I can keep it up. You've never had a problem before. That was a very clever joke. Yes. I am a very turgid man. You are. I'm going to make a cup of tea. You do the trailer. Oh, right, you are. <clears throat> In a world. Earl Grey or normal? Uh, oh, Earl Grey, please. In a world where ghosts and angels walk amongst us. Float! They float! Uh, at float amongst us stands one woman, Magenta. Oh, God, my bloody spirit guide's frozen the milk again. It's going to have to be iced tea, I'm afraid. Oh, all right, fair enough. Uh, psychic, medium. <coughs> my throat. Oh, uh, Magenta, I can't do this anymore. Bernard, you won't get nodules. You're not Adele. Well, actually, interestingly enough, that wasn't nodules. That was an exploding polyp. Oh, God. Do you imagine that? Ew. Exploding polyp. Anyway, that's not why I can't do the trailer anymore. Oh. Do you mean... Uh, yes, the angelic manifestation by the dog bed, yes. <sighs> Here we go again. What do you want? From the makers of Mockery Manor comes Madame Magenta, Sonos Mystica. For all fans of the esoteric. Available now wherever you get podcasts.